Well, let's welcome you back to This Week in the Association. And Kevin and I close up our look at the round two of the chase for the Miles Cup, Miles Wolf Cup, excuse me, with Milwaukee Milkman, incredible announcer Tom Wynn. Tom, thanks for joining us here. Great to be back, guys. And if I'm still talking with you, that means uh, the Milkmen are still surviving and advancing. Absolutely. And, and you know, Tom, a very interesting series. You lose the one game that you have at home with your ace on the hill, Ryan Zimmerman going for you. Uh, Kane County sends arguably the best pitcher in the league, at least over the last few weeks there, and C.J. Eldred, who you guys just hammer. And then Kyle Mora comes out with a gem after he struggled for the last month or so. Talk about an improbable series Milwaukee advances through. Yeah, and, you know, in game two, it wasn't looking too good. Uh, the Cougars were up four to two after three and basically had uh, had knocked uh, Vasquez out of the box. Um, and, you know, obviously he was our uh, – he was Ryan Zerman's 1A, then he was 1B for us. And uh, at that point, you know, you'd have to say it was it was looking pretty good for the Cougars. But we came up with that big seven-run inning that turned things around. And uh, yeah, I mean, that obviously had to had to change everything. I'm sure uh, with the uh, with the psychological approach of the team. And then um, at the game last night, I was actually there at King County, not in a broadcast mode, but I was I was there as a fan and got to see Kyle Moore up close and personal. And I mean, he was he was just great. Ironically, the game started out uh, with the first two Cougars hit absolute lasers to Brian Torres at second base, and you thought, oh man, uh, not sure if the Cougars are going to be uh, too fooled tonight's contest. But boy, after that, I'll tell you, Kyle was just uh, just tremendous. Uh, he was really dialed in. Uh, I think he had uh, maybe one walk, eight strikeouts. Uh, you know, he's not a big strikeout pitcher. Uh, typically, he's when he's on, he's got that two-seamer working and get those guys to hit a lot of ground balls. But he had very few ground balls last night. Uh, was uh, pitching pitching a little higher in the strike zone, and uh, you know, considering how he had uh, not really looked good his last four or five starts of the regular season, I think maybe that might have been a, a bit of a change in game plan, uh, especially King County. You know, that is not a very home run hitter friendly park, and uh, gave up a lot of fly balls. A couple of them hit pretty well, but you know, again. Uh, that's a fairly good sized park. The ball doesn't travel well, especially at night. And, uh, and so he was more than willing to, uh, let him hit fly balls to the outfield and, uh, otherwise come up with the big strikeouts when he needed. So great effort there to set the tone. And then Roy Morales coming up with the two clutch hits, um, <laughs> going up against Karch Kowalczyk, our, our former guy from the Milkman the past three seasons. And of course, Karch went over to the Cougars as their pitching coach this year. Didn't look like he was going to be an active pitcher, but they, they activated him about a month ago. Obviously, he kept his arm in shape. And, I mean, he was popping that, uh, he was popping that velocity gun at 95, 96 consistently last night. Actually ended up pitching four innings and didn't do a bad job. You know, he, uh, he gave up the two-run single to Morales in the third uh, to uh, put us up two to nothing. And then uh, he still got us out in the fourth without any runs. So he, he did his job, certainly, to keep him in it. But then uh, we were able to, uh, you know, after a couple scores lanes against Weston Muir, we were able to finally break through with a couple of runs against uh, Keith Regala. And, again, it was Morales with a with a huge two-run single in the uh, seventh inning to put us up four to nothing. And that was uh, major insurance at that stage because it was it was still a little dicey going forward. Where do you see this pitching rotation as far as the series upcoming against Chicago? Because if you look at Vasquez, you look at his pitching lines for the last five, six starts, and 
frankly, it's been pretty underwhelming. Christian Young is in the wings, and Frankie Bartles is out there too. Do you do you see Anthony Barone making a change, or is he just going to go with what he did for the first series? Uh, I would think he's probably just going to stick with uh, with Ryan Zimmerman, and then uh, Vasquez number two, and then uh, you know your game three starter. We'll, we'll see how Christian Young. Uh, if he's going to be physically ready to go. Um, if not, you know, uh, probably go back with Kyle Moore. In fact, I think probably would go back with Kyle after his performance last night because Kyle is physically sound, and I'm sure his uh, his confidence has got to be rejuvenated after last night's effort. So I would expect Ryan Z to be pitching on Monday night in the series opener at Franklin Field and then go back with Vasquez in Game 2. And Gregory has had pretty good success against the Dogs this year uh that seems to be the one team that he's really i mean he had generally you know pretty good success this year 11 and 1 with a 3.3 era but uh beat the dogs a couple of times and uh so i'm, I'm sure you know as far as that matchup goes they're gonna they're gonna stick with gregory and uh you know and then we'll see in game three if it uh you know uh, we're somehow able to at least you know win one of those Latin first two and set up a game three uh how it goes then so, Tom, I think one of the most interesting things about this series is you could talk about the performances of the guys on the field, but Anthony Barone made an incredible move in, in game two. And I was kind of scratching my head a little bit about when he turned to Frankie Bartow and Christian Young in that contest. And I thought, well, I guess you're really all in on Kyle Mora. And, boy, that sure proved to be a brilliant move. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And especially, you got to remember, Peyton Gray also had a two-winning closeout in, uh, in game two as well. So, you know, we knew he was going to be limited, if uh, if anything, and he did subsequently come back and, and pitch the ninth inning in game three. But, uh, yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, we were putting it all on Kyle, and, and he really did respond. And so, uh, uh, tremendous effort. You know, until Kyle went through his slump uh, the last month of the season, he had really been pitching great. And, uh, you know, it just I had to feel somewhere, you know, we had it back in him at least for uh, – for another uh, strong effort, and uh, and he certainly came through last night. Now, you talked about the performance of Roy Morales, four RBI in game two, four RBI last night. I'm the only four RBIs in the game, as a matter of fact. Kind of got to be the unsung hero, I thought, of this team because Brian Torres was having such a monster year for this club, and he was battling Brian for that uh, batting title for most of the season. But, you replace Hector Sanchez with Morales, but boy, there was no drop off in his performance whatsoever. No, I, I mean, like I've, like I talked about before, Roy is just a hitting machine. Not uh, you know, not a great power hitter, although he he certainly can pop a home run or two and uh, and 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 you know give you some extra base hits. But uh, boy, as far as just you know pure hitting ability, of uh, you know pure contact guy who can just seemingly get the bat on the ball in any circumstances. Uh, almost as many walks as strikeouts this season, and especially with runners on base. You know, he was our leading RBI guy with 67 this year. Just tremendous. He really, you know, focused, really dialed in. I mean, we're still talking about a guy who, what, he had like a uh, 280, 290 career average in affiliated ball, and I, I still can't figure out in MLB where you have such a demand for hitting catchers and, and a guy who's a great receiver and, and a pretty good arm. I mean, you know, he's, he's not top of the charts as far as uh, throwing guys out, but uh, he, can, he can certainly throw some base runners out. And I just, I've never understood why he wasn't given more of a look to, uh, you know, to, to at least get a chance to play in, in the big show. But 
without a question, uh, the guy is just uh, he, he's just a tremendous, tremendous hitter, and uh, you know came through us in a lot of clutch situations throughout the regular season, and obviously did so in this uh, in this playoff series against the Cougars. As you move into the series now against Chicago, a team that you your team obviously knows extremely well. What what do you expect to see in this series between two teams that have been such incredible rivalry rivals over the last few years? Well, it should be pretty intense, no question about that. Uh, if this series is anything like the one uh, we played against them last year, I'm sure it's uh, I'm sure it's going to go right down to the wire. Um, you know, even though Chicago is a is, is a good team, uh, you know, clearly they tied us for the uh, for the division uh, title as far as uh, the record goes. We won it because of the tiebreaker. Um, you know, maybe it's just been a slight edge we've had in, in the matchups with it. Uh, I do think, though, they've, they've got a better hitting team than they did last year. I'm not sure their pitching, their starting pitching, is quite what it was from a year ago, but it's it's still pretty good. You know, they got uh, they got a couple of pretty good starters there that uh, that have done well for them, and, and you know, their bullpen is uh, is really tough. Uh, you get into those guys like uh, Cavalero and uh, and Schlitter and uh, you know a couple of those other guys on the back end there. Uh, they can be very difficult to deal with. So. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see. You know, we had some decent offensive success against them this year, but it was mostly our pitching, uh, our starting pitching that really kept them in check. And so we'll have to uh, we'll have to get those same kind of performances. Uh, you know, again, hopefully Ryan Zimmerman can get off uh, can get off to a great start in uh, Monday night's game at Franklin Field and and really set the tone for us. So, like I said, you know, Vasquez has, has had very good success against him. That's that's probably been the best team that he's had uh, as far as his performance this year. So uh, uh, we're going to have to see. But, again, uh, you know, the Dogs, have, uh, they've had a good offensive team uh, picking up a few key guys, uh, getting uh, Peyton Eels to play second base. Huge addition to their team for sure. And, uh, uh, you know, you, you throw in uh, Mangieri and, and Brian Lidge, obviously, uh, been an all-star uh, player in this league uh, for several years, and a few of those other guys. Uh, and, and Cody Bahanek, who really picked up the offensive production in the second half of the year. Dylan Rosa, who came over from Kansas City. And uh, I don't know that his numbers were that awesome, but uh, he, he obviously came up with some, some big home runs for them. In fact, uh, you know, in that uh, in that series against Cleveland, he definitely had uh, had a big home run against the the uh, Railroaders in the final game. So um, they're you know they're a solid team. There's no question about it. Uh, and again, you ramp up the intensity. You know, you know, Butch Hobson against Anthony Barone. Uh, a lot of respect between the two guys, but uh, probably not a lot of uh, not a lot of love lost between them as far as once uh, once the game starts. And uh, and you know, it's it's going to be intense. I'm really looking forward to it. You know, it's given that Roy Morales and Brian Torres will produce. Who do you feel in the Milwaukee lineup needs to step up and be a force in order for the Milkmen to advance to the Miles Wolf Cup Finals? Well, we probably got to get something out of Miguel Gomez. Uh, finished the season very hot. Uh, really didn't do much in this series against the Cougars. Uh, I thought it was going to be Drew Ward uh, maybe getting more of an opportunity as a DH, but he only he only started one game and that was it. Uh, so I don't know if uh, if Anthony plans on uh, on reintroducing Drew to the uh, to the lineup. Uh, but Miguel, you know, we really need to count on Miguel. He comes up in that uh, in that five and six spot. Uh, usually sixth, he's been in the order as of late. 
And uh, typically, you know, we've got uh, some runners on, and we just need him to, uh, you know, to really uh, come up with some key hits. There, there's, there's no question about it. Uh, any team needs their DH to be a usually a key offensive factor. We need Miguel. I think that's that's going to be the key guy. If he can have a good series, then I, then I like our chances. Well, let's talk about that starting pitching matchup for me, Tom, because um, I, I talking to Sam Brief, you know, he's talking about these are probably the two best rotations uh, in the American Association, if not for sure in the playoffs. So, and so as you look at this, I know you're going to be kind of homework for your guys, and understandably so, but this, I would think that this is an area where you would say that Milwaukee has the clear advantage, even if Chicago is getting a lot better performance out of that rotation at the last half of the season. Um, well, maybe in part, uh, you know, at least with, with Ryan Zimmerman, who's, uh, who's having said a lot of experience, a lot of postseason experience, I think that would, uh, that would maybe be a key. I'm not sure that the, uh, the dogs get anybody in their rotation who's, who's got the playoff experience that, that Ryan has. Um, yeah, but again, you know, it's not like we, uh, it's not like we, uh, rampaged offensively against the dogs in a lot of these games we won uh, several low scoring games against them seemed like we had a lot of uh you know four to one five to two five to three games uh so a lot of a lot of close games against them that uh, we were just scoring enough to be able to do it with uh with good pitching and defense um that uh that that was the key so uh, again hopefully we're gonna we're gonna find a way to uh to see if we can um you know, eke out a couple of wins against these guys, but uh, they they put a lot of pressure on, especially uh, playing down an impact field. Uh, you know, uh, there's no question that is a uh, that is a very offensively can be a very offensively friendly environment, and they've got more power than we do, and uh, you know their home run confidence is is got to be uh, soaring when they play there. And again, they're going to have the home field advantage, even though we were we are the higher seed. But again, we have a conflict at Franklin Field as far as the scheduling goes. So it's game one in Franklin and then uh, games two and three at, uh, at Impact Field. So there's, there's no doubt that that's going to uh, uh, you know, uh, be a bit of an advantage for the dogs. But again, last season, we played game one in Franklin and games uh, two and three in Impact Field. We were, we were still able to get out of there with a serious victory. So uh, hopefully flashing back to that is, is going to uh, help our guys uh, you know, maybe get the confidence they need to, uh, to try to win this one. And you just had that exact scenario with Kane County where you lost game one at home and went over there and got two victories. So I would think this team thinks it does – and a great record on the road this season as well. So it doesn't seem like being away from home is a much part of a problem for Milwaukee to win games. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't think so. I mean, it hasn't been uh, – again, a lot of guys uh, – you know, on a team that been there, done that, and our run to the championship finals last year. So, yeah, I don't think that that's uh, I don't think that's going to be a, a major factor uh, as much. But uh, you know, for, for sure, I would think their dogs are going to have a lot of confidence with the the so called home field advantage again. So uh, maybe not uh, maybe not as uh, you know a real detriment to us, but I, I would think it would help their confidence a little bit. You know, I don't know if you can address this or not, Tom, but the, the whole thing with the events that are going around at Franklin Field, um, come playoff time, and it's not like you, you didn't know that your team was going to wind up being in the playoffs, or this is Milwaukee. The, the Milkman have been one of the best teams over the last four or five years. 
do you sense from anything from the players like, wow, this is kind of messed up or whatever? Are they just going, hey, we got to work with what we got to work with. Let's just go from there. Yeah, I, I think it's the latter. I think it's the latter. I mean, again, Rob, we we got to be honest about it. The concession is, you, you know, uh, obviously, uh, Rock Ventures, the owners of the Milkmen, and the uh, the owners of, of Franklin Field, they're in a position where they can make a lot of revenue, right, by having the uh, the bananas came in this past weekend for for three games in two days, and now you got this taco and tequila thing coming in uh, for this Saturday. I mean, these are huge money makers for sure, and uh, you know, in the playoffs especially, it's a tough sell. Uh, you're just not going to draw the crowds. You're not going to generate the revenue that you do uh, for for you know most of your regular season games, and so I, I can't blame management for that. Uh, you know that's what's happening to you know helping to underwrite the operation of the milkman and uh, and everything else we have going on at uh, at Rock Ventures and and I would have to say it's probably bringing a lot of fans out to Franklin Field for the first time who uh, who have never been there before probably so I think from that exposure it's it's, it's probably tremendous for the the organization hopefully it's going to you know bode well for the future as far as. Uh, as far as uh, sporting milkmen and stuff like that. But, uh, no, I think as far as the players go, I think as, certainly as far as the coaching staff uh, goes, uh, you know, they, they're, they set the tone and just say, look, fellas, this is what it is. You know, we can go out there. We're one of the best teams in the league, and we should be able to go out there and beat, beat anybody anywhere. And I think that's the attitude you have to have, and uh, that probably helped carry us through the, uh, the first series against the Cougars a bit, and, uh, and hopefully it's going to do so against the Dogs as well. So do you think the players are openly rooting for Sioux City to win the series out west so that they can actually have home games during the cup finals? Oh, I would, yeah, I would think that would probably be part of it for sure. Uh, not to mention the fact that, uh, you know, Kansas City is not a great matchup for us. <laughs> They're not a great matchup for anybody. They're not a great matchup for anybody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, I don't think anybody. If, if for some reason we were fortunate enough to beat the dogs, I don't think anybody would be disappointed if we uh, if we end up playing the Explorers in the in the championship series. A, a lot for what you're saying, Kevin, because then uh, we would uh, we would be able to invoke our uh, status as a higher seeded team and uh, and be able to play uh, you know the the back end of the series, games three, four, and five at Franklin Field. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't know if the players are worrying about it per se. Uh, before this series against the dogs, but uh, yeah, I, I don't have any doubt they'd uh, they wouldn't mind having uh, you know being a higher seeded team going into the championship series. The big question, Tom, has got to be: Is Tom Wynn going to be out at Tacos and Tequilas this weekend to enjoy <laughs> a little bit of uh, food? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I'll have to double check my schedule, Rob. But uh, I don't. Uh, I guess I don't foresee it. I think I'm going to be too emotionally spent after this uh, after this next series. So you got the broadcast on Monday for Game One, and then uh, you know I I have a feeling I'll be down at Impact Field for at least one of those games uh, uh, the next time. I, you know, as as I found out uh, in this Kane County series, that it's uh, it's much more stressful being a fan watching these games than if you're actually broadcasting. When you're broadcasting, you've got so many other details that you you know you're uh, you don't have as much time, I guess, to let your emotions uh, enter into uh, what's what's actually happening on the field. But well, when you're a fan, I mean, uh, it's uh, it's definitely more gut wrenching for sure. So. Uh, yeah, I think I probably will end up uh, maybe going if it goes to Game Three at Impact Field. I I, I think it's uh, probably inevitable I'm going to be there, and if that's be the case, yeah, I think I'm going to be too emotionally spent to uh, to make it up for tacos and tequila this weekend. 
Well, you're one and zero at game threes this year, so uh, we'll have to be we we'll have to be riding with that. I think. Gotta like that. Gotta like that. And if and if we get to the finals and you're there, uh, we're uh, we're gonna have to make I mean, sure I'll to keep no you down wherever box. you are. <laughs> No press box this year, Tom. I promise. Absolutely. No, that disaster for the fans who don't know. It was it was Rob Paneri when he left the lower level when the Milkmen were up eight to three in Fargo, and he went up to the press box, and that changed everything right there. Yep, yep. I the arena bent or something. You know, I, I don't know what it was. My weight shifted the thing or something. As, as I think what happened. <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. <laughs> well, Tom, take us out on here. Uh, Tell us why the Milwaukee Milkmen will be playing for the Miles Wolf Cup a week from now. Uh, good pitching, great defense, timely hitting. That's going to be the key. Love it. Tom Wynn, thanks for joining Kevin. Well, I guys, I hope I'm talking to you again perhaps next week because uh, that means we're still alive. So uh, I'll be looking forward to it, fellas.